the biblical text before us on this morning is found uh, in Luke's second writing, the book of Acts, the 17th chapter, beginning at the 22nd through the 28th verse. And there we find these words left for our edification and our encouragement. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God, who made the earth, the world, and everything in it since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all of the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he need not and is not far from each of us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. My brothers and sisters, for uh, just a moment, uh, we will rest our time in this text and carry as a title over our heads, How to Be a Good Atheist. Now, before you grab your bags and wonder what mistake your pastor has made in inviting this heathen to preach before you, pause for just a moment. I promise you this will make sense in a moment. Uh, in this text, we find Paul in the renowned city of Athens, a city known for its rich architecture, temples, and theater, poets, politicians, and orators. It is the home of Plato and Aristotle, the home of the Epicureans and the Stoic, and it continues to exercise tremendous influence on the world. When Paul arrives at the city of Athens, he observes the many altars present as in part of Athenian worship. And in the midst of these many, many places of worship, alongside the various altars to the various gods, is an altar that captures Paul's attention. And he reads the inscription that says, it is from the unknown God. Now in this moment, Paul has a variety of options available to him, ways to respond in this moment. And so it is instructive for us, the response that Paul has. He turns to the crowd gathered before him and informs the Athenians that the one that they call the unknown God is the one and true God. Not one God among many gods, but the true God. In the context in which Paul exists in this moment, his refusal to simply access, accept 
the various deities that have been presented by the various altars that are there. His refusal or his uh, willingness to affirm that his God is the God opens Paul up to the accusation of being an atheist. For the language of atheist carries a different meaning in Paul's time than it does for us. When we use the language of atheist, we mean someone who does not believe in God. But at the time that Paul is speaking and in which Paul lives, the concept of atheist did not mean that an individual did not believe in God, but rather that they did not support, accept, uh, or acknowledge the various gods established by the state. And the reality is that accusations of atheism were often leveled against the early church because the members of the church were relentless in their commitment to monotheism. They did not participate in the religious cults of the Greco-Roman gods. They rejected those gods that were affirmed and sustained by the state and instead cleave to the God of their faith. And so they were called atheists. And I wonder if for you and I, my brothers and sisters, that it is not, if it is not well time for you and I to maybe consider what it might mean for us to be good atheists as it is defined at the time of Paul. Now I recognize that the challenge facing you and I is somewhat different than that of Paul. We're not being called to stand on cultural soapboxes, whether uh, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever the latest uh, incantation of social engagement is. We're not called to stand there and simply spew out hateful rhetoric against those who don't believe or think the way that we do, for we have enough of that in our society at this time. But rather, the challenge that faces us is this simple but seductive call for us to renounce both our faith and our practice or to render it as indistinctive from any other element of public life. To simply coexist with uh, the various norms of culture and to live in a way where our faith does not call the world around us to a different way of existence, thinking, and being the challenge for us uh, that is embodied in the same way in which this altar to the unknown God existed in the plethora of other altars, the challenge for you and I is to live in a way where our faith becomes invisible to the world, just one other mode of living among many, disconnected from our lived experiences, a faith that does not distinguish us, a faith that does not invite others to come and join us, a faith that is so internalized that it becomes invisible in the world in which we exist and leaves no fingerprints on the community and the lives and the world around us. Or maybe we simply bow down to or are seduced into the notion that our faith is equivalent to nationalism, that God and country and uh, community and uh, uh, the norms of communal life are all one and the same. And uh, the use of religious language simply to wrap the current contemporary thinking is sufficient and can live in peaceful fellowship underneath the cross of our faith. But I would argue this morning that given the condition of the world around us, our state, our city, uh, our neighborhoods, and dare I say even 
our churches, the question for you and I is whether or not when faced with this moment uh, in the midst of so many altars to so many gods, will we stand like Paul and be good atheists? Will we choose to live in a matter that declares there is something different about us and our faith? I can hear uh, even the silent, uh, but the, the, the common thoughts that might be echoing in your minds. Well, surely this is not true of us. We live with an active faith that does distinguish us from the world around us. But uh, ask yourself the question, do the people that you work with, that you're in fellowship with, that you socialize, do they see something distinctive about your faith? Is there something about the way you live and exist in this world that calls others to consider following your example? Because the reality is that our faith was never designed simply to make us comfortable, but rather to put us in uncomfortable positions and in uncomfortable places. This challenge to the church is nothing new. This challenge to the church is woven throughout the history of the church. You only have to go back a few decades and read the letter uh, that Martin Luther King wrote from a Birmingham jail where he turned to the Christian church and say, why do you exist so silently in the midst and the presence of injustice. What King was in inviting us to do is to do just what Paul has done, to stand boldly before a world that will not acknowledge God and to say that the God we serve requires something different than us. And we will not simply sit with our mouths silent, our hands frozen, our feet stuck to the floor, but rather we will stand in solidarity with those who seek a world that is more just and more loving and more reflective of the God of our faith. Being a good atheist means refusing to seek false peace or to be comfortable with religious cliches or to embrace positions simply because they are not disruptive or they don't make our fellow parishioners uncomfortable. Good atheists following the example of Paul, don't mistake nationalism for religion or allegiance to country or power or party the same as the Christian faith. Good atheists, following the example of Paul, pledge their undying fidelity as expressed in the lives that they lead to the one true and loving God. True. And good atheists, following Paul's example, re reject the reduction that is so common in this place uh, offered to us by the God of individualism that says that you and I have to be pitted against one another and that for one to advance, another must fall back or suffer some demise. But rather, the God of our faith reminds us that uh, God is a God of hospitality and grace to the foreigner and the stranger. And the mark of our faith is our kindness to those not to whom we are obligated, but to those whose paths we've crossed through divine providence. The good atheist among us, those following the example of Paul, reject the notion that the quality of our life can be measured by the God of the marketplace or by our material attainment but rather that the power and the depth and the wondrous blessings of our life are found in our generosity and the flow of a living God's love through us because we have been the objects of that God's love. Now I'll acknowledge that much 
Like the ears of those who stood in the crowd listening to Paul, many of the people who may hear you make a declaration of being a good atheist will consider you to be a, a raving, babbling, mad person. And they may say dismissively to you that we will listen to your nonsense another time, just as they did to Paul. There will be those who will respond to you in the similar manner, but the good news is that we will not surrender nor submit to those who reject this calling, but rather we will be good atheists. Why? Because we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ or its power to change the lives of those who come in contact with it. We believe that God is near us and God has been gracious to us. And because we have experienced the love of God, we cannot help ourselves but allow that love to flow through our hands and change our lives. Good atheists in this day and time declare for God I'll live and for God I'll die. And that God who loves all, that God's love will be found in all that we do. We will choose God above all else, and we will live in ways that show the love of God everywhere our feet shall tread. In my tradition, there is a song that reflects the choice to live differently and to declare the same declaration that Paul makes to the Athenians. It simply says that uh, some people choose to follow houses and land. Some folks choose silver and gold. These things they treasure, and they forget about the faith that secures their soul. But I have decided with my life, my word, and my action to make God my choice. And yes, the road will get rough, and the going will get tough, and the hills will become hard to climb. But I've started out a long time ago, and I have made up in my mind that I will make God my choice. Good atheists, following Paul's example, makes God the choice of their lives. May God bless you and keep you in this moment. This is my prayer.